Nicholas Gruen, wonderful to be talking to you. Hi there. And you're going to give me a nudge. You, you nudge. <laughs> Do you know, I did, you may have heard of the nudge unit. I have. I have and heard of this. Somebody was talking about writing letters to, to taxpayers with some kind of slightly innuendo thing in it, which apparently increased their response rates. And I said it should be called the nudge, nudge, wink, wink unit. <laughs> but, no, but anyway, I've been at a conference, which is the first international conference of the nudge unit. And in true, you know, in true um, style of these interviews, you're going to say, Nicholas, what is the nudge unit? <laughs> So you don't actually need me here. Already. You can just interview yourself. I could take over over if you like. But I'm going to pay you the courtesy of allowing me to say, tell us, and what is the nudge unit, as if you don't know? What is the nudge unit, Nicholas? Well, Alex, I've been talking to you about that off air, so why don't I let you explain that? They do pay you the big bucks, so you can... You want me to explain? I would love you to explain it because you're going to do it so much better than I will. Okay. So, so the nudge unit was set up by David Cameron in uh, the Prime Minister of the UK, but really it's a sort of a, a continuation of the uh, of Tony Blair's agenda of innovation in all things, including a few things that don't work. So, um, the Brits have been experimenting and, and innovating in all sorts of ways and I could find ways of criticising some of the things that they've done. It's actually not that easy. It's not that hard to do. But in the meantime, they've snuck up on me. I haven't been sitting here thinking those silly Brits, but I have been thinking, you know, there are some of these, uh, there are some of the Sprukers, some of the Tony Blair clones that I find a little over the top uh, and a little simplistic. But in the meantime, in about the last 10 years, these guys have been uh, innovating in government in all sorts of ways, and we've uh, lateral economics has just done a review of open government and open data, mm-hmm. and the United States, basically they got they kicked that agenda off into around about 2007. We st- we were very fast followers in 2009 with a thing called the Government 2.0 Task Force, which I was involved in, and the Brits and the Americans and the Australians were sort of coming first, second, and third, and I've done a review, or lateral economics has just done a review of this, and the Brits and the Americans actually are way out in front. We've we've sort of started to slip, and they're doing all sorts of incredible things with open government data. Uh, and the other thing they've done, which they which uh, which is the nudge unit, was started by uh, David Cameron, or and uh, he grabbed some people out of the essentially out of Tony Blair's operation mm. and said, I want you to use the insights of the new literature in behavioural economics to make government work better. And if you want a very simple summary of what that means, in some ways, uh, any kind of one or two line summary is inadequate. But one way of, of, of making it clear is that they're basically using the sorts of tips and tricks that marketers have been using for decades, such to as make to, to make government work better. So, I mean, to, to give you an idea of a nudge, uh, firstly, a nudge is um, one way of thinking about a nudge is a default. So, you might set as a default. The, 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 this came into the literature particularly with savings plans. So, it turns out that. Um, 
you say to people, here's a huge incentive to save more money and if you put 3% or 5% of your pay into this fund, your employer will pay into it too and, in, and, and when you retire you'll be two or $300,000 better off. Turns out that people are very good. I think most people out there, certainly I, can relate to this. They're really quite good at putting it off. They, uh, and one of the ingredients of putting something off is that you think, well, I can do it tomorrow. Mm. And you can think, I can do it tomorrow for literally years. Uh, so what they did, You might be they, talking to one of those people, Nicholas. You might, and I, you're, you're talking to one of those people too. We're, we're all like that, I think, probably in different areas, although I try and sort of give myself a self-nudge when it's, when, it's, when it's important enough, and I say, look, you've really got to make sure you do this. Anyway, so they did, just started experimenting with uh, saying to people, you're a new employee, 5% of, of your wages is going to come out of your salary, uh, we're going to match that with another 5% unless you fill out this form saying you don't want that to happen, in which case that's fine. Now, it turns out without any coercion, because you can say one, uh, basically people can choose which, whichever they do, um, and this is just a question of what happens if they do nothing, you change behaviour hugely. So, so that's a good example of a nudge. Another nudge, a trick, if you like, is to charge... $19.99 on something rather than $20. Okay. And so all these sort of... But that seems like a sleight of hand. Or... Yes, it does seem like a sleight of hand. Um, so, so, so I can't think of anything very directly like that that the nudge unit get up to. But one of the things they got up to is that they said to the British tax office, they said, let us experiment with the letters you send out to people telling them they're in arrears in taxes. Let us please just add to 10% of the people that you send the letter out to, just add a sentence after the first sentence, hello, Mr. Thompson or whoever you are. Um, most people pay their taxes and then go on to explain that you're at Mr. Thompson actually are not paying your taxes and we'd like you to uh, send in, we'd like you to, to, to do that uh, to actually meet your arrears in tax. So it's psychology really? Exactly. And it's also, I mean, it's also what's really important in a sense is to actually spend just a, a skerrick of time putting yourself in the place of the other person. So you can see it as a tip and a trick. And that's where uh, I was at this conference. So the Nudge Unit put on their first global conference in Sydney uh, on Monday and Tuesday of this week. And I think it's really important not to think of this as the latest fad. Uh, you know, we have re business re-engineering and design thinking and any number of fads, but to think of it as reminding us that it's always that that, that, that we all, it, it, there's always a kind of gravitational pull, particularly in groups of people and organisations, to look at it from your point of view or from our point of view, rather than to look at it from the point of view of the person you're trying to engage. So it's that simple, really. And, and Nicholas Gordon, how significant is it that, that David Cameron did this as, as a government thing? Because you, you see this as a private enterprise kind of um, strategy, really. Well, I, I think what it shows in a way is that, I mean, I think of it as a a tribute to Tony Blair. And what I mean by that, uh, and I'm not really, I'm certainly not trying to make any kind of partisan points, but what I mean by that is that Tony Blair was an energetic kind of guy, quite a, a guy trying to sell 
a, a kind of positive vision and a bit of a can-do vision and a bit of a let's modernise the state sort of vision. And what's happened, I think David Cameron runs, well, the most interesting Conservative government I know of because they have engaged in, while they're engaging in swinging austerity much, much more than the the than we have experienced in Australia or are likely to experience from, from in current circumstances and you know and and the general and, and some degree of austerity I think is is um, called for you can argue about how you experience that austerity and who should experience it but in the in the presence of that level of austerity when you know, 10% was being ripped out of outlays in all sorts of places, not 1% or 2%, but large amounts of money. Cameron said we, he was essentially going to not only quarantine innovation programs, but he was going to probably try and expand those ones that worked. One of the things that they do is they, they, random, they do randomised experiments of what programs work and what doesn't work. And then they fund those that work. Cameron has put, I think it's six hundred million pounds into a fund called Big Society Capital, which is basically uh, co-investing in social projects, projects which might be uh, social businesses that may be for profit or not for profit, but the the idea of them is that at the same time as generating sufficient revenue to keep going, they might be employing disabled people or helping to retrain long-term unemployed people or, or, or disabled people or whatever. And, that, and, and that's what you're starting to hear here, as you, as you say. Um, people yeah. may argue about, um, and you're saying you agree with the move for austerity, the age of entitlement. It's just about, you know, how you do it. That's, the, that's where the argument yeah. is yeah. at. Well, the fact is that we're, we're, we're spending more than we're, mm. we're, we're burning in revenue and it makes sense in a macro sense to... Uh, to to pull that back, either by increasing taxes or by lowering outlays. But the, increasingly, there are questions about. So, how does Australia build? What what are the new ideas? Yep. And and that's yep. your point. Well, that's my point. And one, I mean, uh, so so David Halperin is the, the the head of this unit, and he said he said a couple of extraordinary things. Um, I mean, today I was at a workshop where he said that. Um, Austerity doesn't look so terrifying when you can get inside the sort of inside the bonnet of the tax office and fiddle with their letterhead, or not their letterhead, but fiddle with the way they interact and actually produce an increase in the number of people responding to arrears notices. Now, he showed us that a sm- now well, the, the numbers he was quoting was the letter produces about a 30% response. The letter with one of his tweaks or one of the business the, the behavioural insights units tweaks the nudge units tweaks gets about a 35% response. Now that sounds like a very so it goes from 33 to 35. Now that sounds like a very small response, but think of 2% of all the arrears of tax in Australia or the UK, mm. and it's not small at all. Add another two or three tweaks, and after workshopping this and not just putting um, most people pay their tax in the letter, which could be sent to everyone, but using their name, telling them what the average repayment rate was in their area, uh, talking about what, thing, what worthwhile things were being done with the taxes, 
they got it from 33% to 39%. So appealing to Australians' sense of fairness. Well, actually, British people's sense of fairness. Yeah. <laughs> but that's right. He, he did that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And in fact, I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to be down on our on the Australian ATO because the ATO, of its own accord, has actually pursued. Is actually doing some of these kinds of things. I don't know enough to know whether they're doing them as well as the Nudge Unit. Perhaps they're doing them better. Well, I actually, know. I I, I know a concrete example of this, and and this was many years ago when the GST was introduced. I, I was interviewing someone in um, my longer conversation, and she is this glorious, sunny, creative woman, and she was working um, in a restaurant, and she was recruited by the tax office to be kind of a front of house person yeah, to yeah. deal. And I just thought that is really clever thinking rather than right, the bureaucrat, right. you go for this dang, jangly earringed, gorgeous looking, you know, fantastic, bright um, woman um, yeah. who I'm doesn't. Glad said, I'm glad you said those things. <laughs> it could have been a jangly earring, beautiful looking man. Can I just say, but, but it was just yeah. the antithesis, I suppose, of the that's grey public that's servant. Right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I certainly don't want to suggest for a minute that, this isn't that none of this is happening in the Australian government. I know that it is, mm. but I know that it's got very high-level political backing in the UK, and I know that the UK, they're really doing all sorts of extraordinary things, um, charging into, you know, they basically built this unit. It's now, I think, 16 people. The New South Wales government, to its credit, has just imported one of these people to start a nudge unit in New South Wales, and there's now several of them, and they're running around trying to do this kind of stuff. So, so the other the other extraordinary thing that David Halperin said, the, the leader of the nudge unit, is he said, you know, we've actually there are some problems that we thought we'd never get on top of that we kind of have, and he he mentioned crime, and certainly um, a lot of countries have really done very well on the question of crime. The United States has got crime way down and apparently they've done very well in the UK. So he, his message is really, if you, uh, and, and again, I'd have to deepen this to not, it's not just nudges and tips and tricks. It, you, you have to take much more seriously the idea that the public service is really engaging with another world, with people out there that might live a diff, in a different culture and so on. But if we can do this, you know, I, I guess I was shocked when he said, you know, we might be able to really genuinely tackle multi-generational de welfare dependency. Um, if we, and I know from my own work with the Australian Centre for Social Innovation that I see us as doing the other end of this. So, mm. so, the, so those really intransigent kind of... Well, well, and also getting right down there in the community and, and trying to figure out ways to devolve to the community a, uh, to, to, to get them working on the problem. And that's not, I mean, that's in... Doing it themselves right? rather than from on high. Uh, yes, yeah. indeed. And we've talked about this yeah. on, on, on the program before. So I see it as a kind of continuum. I'm hoping that we might be able to form some kind of, um, uh, you know, some sort of mm. collaborative relationship. Um so, you sound uh, all fueled up from your I'm nudge. I'm totally fueled up, mm. Alex. I'm totally fueled up, and um, you know this is this is really great stuff. It's, it's it's great that people are doing great things, and it's a little bit frustrating that people don't 
go and copy them as quickly as they can <laughs> and say, let's go and try some of this stuff because it's only by starting to do it that you you start to become familiar with it and discover mm-hmm. that it doesn't bite and that it actually does terrific things. So I'm feeling, so I've spent three days in Sydney with these people and I'm fired up. There you are, fired up. Your, your favourite economy. Economist, fired up. That's, that's a good way to end. Nicholas Crawford, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Alex.